The title today is Running with Passion. And, and what's running with passion is this year, <laughs> like 2019, okay? It's like running with passion. What happened to it? Uh, this Friday is the 25th. So I'm inviting all of you in two months' time, on Wednesday, the 25th of December, if you're not away on holiday, if you're in Pretoria, join us here on the 25th, 9.30, for our Christmas Day service. Amen? It will be a, a simple service, beautiful service, just, just remembering the birth of Jesus Christ on Christmas Day, two months' time. But let's get back to our theme this morning, running with passion. And like I said, this year is running by, but the year is not over yet. Amen? And so we're going to today take, stop a little bit to take stock of our lives and do a little bit of an evaluation on how things are going to see if we need adjustments before the end of the year. Early in the year, we did a series called Ready, Set, Go. I don't know if you remember that. It was in January. If you missed it, you can go back to our website, www.awakenlife.co.za. And uh, you can go and listen to the, that uh, three-part series that we did. And basically what we're doing in that series is laying down some foundations and some principles that would help us to finish the year well, this year, 2019. And it was based on Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, which says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's a lot we can take out of this, and we spend those three weeks kind of breaking this up and, and getting some lessons from this. But essentially, it is that, you know, we are in a race, and the Bible compares the Christian life to a race. Paul often did that. In, in a number of his letters, he did, he did that. The writer of Hebrews did the same thing. And so Christian life is like a race. We are running to, to, to get hold of something. There is a picture of the Olympic races. And Paul says you must run as one to gain that medal, to gain that crown. Now, the, the difference between an Olympic race and, and the race of the Christian life is that when the Olympic athletes run, a whole bunch of them run, but only one gets the prize. And so Paul says, you must run like that guy that's going to get the prize. The difference is, in the race of life, in the Christian race, we can all get the prize. Because you see, in the Olympic race, it's a whole bunch of us running against each other. In the race of life, it's a solo race. You run on your own. You're surrounded by people, and people can cheer you, like we say, like we read in Hebrews. You know, we've got witnesses, and they're saying, come on, go on, get, get there, get there. But you're running on your own. And in the end of your life, you're going to be judged on your own. And you're going to be judged by how have you done in comparison with what God has given you. You see, the race of life is very unique. Each one of us sits 
with a different set of gifts, of abilities. We have different callings. We have different desires. God has made each one of us an individual. And he wants us to become the best us we can be. The biggest mistake we make, and we've spoken about this more than once this year. The biggest mistake we can make is compare ourselves with one another. Oh, I wish I could sing like her. I wish I had a body like him, you know, and I wish I had the abilities that he has and I, I could do this. Come on, you're not him, you're not her. You're you. <laughs> be the best you that you can be because God made you, you. And because you're looking around very often, you don't realize and you don't see the gifts and talents that you have because you're so focused on the gifts and talents of everybody else. Acknowledge, stop, realize that you are gifted. You are unique. And then run your race to the best of your ability. And so we, we had that, that series. And one of the things we, we, we learned, a couple of things we learned over there, one of the things we learned is that we have to get rid of a necessary baggage. Okay? We have to get rid of a necessary baggage. I... I'm not a marathon runner, but I, I really like to watch marathons, especially the, the Comrades Marathon. Now, the Comrades Marathon is a long marathon. We've got a couple of Comrades Marathon runners here. Come on, where are you guys? Just shake hands. You've, you've done it or you've done it. Look, look at him. Well done, guys. Now, it, it's a long race. Michael, it, it's a long race. Don't you think it's wise to put a backpack with Samis and Coke and, huh? Won't it be? <laughs> He's shaking his head vehemently. <laughs> You don't run a marathon with a backpack, okay? You get rid of weights and stuff which hold you back. And, and, and that is the thing. You have to get rid of unnecessary baggage. And, you know, in Hebrew 12, it says, let's lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us. Two unnecessary pieces of baggage that we normally carry with us. One is weight. Weight is anything that holds you back. It's not necessarily a sin, but it's a distraction in your life. It's things which take you off your course, take you off your path. It is wrong thought patterns. It is negative self-talk, you know. Uh, and, and so instead of focusing on your life, focusing on what God wants you to do, focusing on growing spiritually, focusing on achieving your goals and, and doing what God has called you to do, you get distracted. Oh, oh look at a bird. <laughs> you know, and and, and, and you, you, you miss the aim and the target. That is distractions. Those are, those are unnecessary weights. The other thing is sin. It says get the weight and the sin. Sin is conscious, intentional actions that you know are wrong. They are immoral. They are destructive. They are against God's will. But you do it anyway. All right? A sin can be defined as anything that is against God's will. No matter how big or how small, sin will cause you to miss out on reaching God's best for your life. Will cause you to miss out on finishing well. Now, obviously, you know, none of us live a sinless life. At least I don't, Okay? All right? I'm not a pastor because I'm a saint. I'm a pastor because I need Jesus. And I want to help others to find Jesus too. And I need Jesus because I'm not pure. I'm not perfect. And, and everybody commits sin. But I'm talking about that sin that you know, that you know, that you know that it is wrong. But you do it anyway. 
You say, oh, you know, God knows I'm weak. You know, God knows I'm human. So I'm going to do it anyway. Hey, hey, be careful with that. That's a lie from the devil. And that's going to cause you to miss God's best for your life. Too many people hide behind that, you know, behind the, the grace of God. And, and, and maybe you might do some sins and you might not lose your salvation, but you're going to lose out in this life. You're going to miss your calling. You're not going to achieve, you know, I, I often imagine, what is, what is judgment going to be like for us Christians? Because, you know, there is a judgment for those that have rejected Christ and those that are believers in Christ. And we're going to be judged for rewards. God's going to give us rewards. He's going to give us a crown. He's going to give us position. We're going to get rewarded for what we got right here on this life. And sometimes I can imagine standing before God and, and God says, let me, let me present you Valdir da Silva. And, and he projects this, this 3D image, you know, of this guy. And, and he's an achiever. And, and, you know, he's a good speaker, good looking, and so on. And I say, God, that, that, that's not me. He says, yeah, I know it's not you, but it's what you could have been. <laughs> if you had listened to me, remember that day when I spoke to your heart and I said, don't do this, but you did it anyway. I said, oh, yeah, I remember, Lord, yeah, and that caused that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that day when I said, do it, and you didn't do it, oh, I remember that too. Yeah, and look, you gain it. We are going to be compared with what God has intended us to be. And you're going to be rewarded accordingly. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, I want to get to as close as possible what God wants me to be. I, I want this life here on earth to count as much as possible. Now, I know we're not perfect, but God has made room that in our imperfectness, he has created a path for us to achieve and to be what he wants us to achieve and to be, imperfections and all. And what it takes is listening to him. What it takes is getting rid of weights and getting rid of sin. And that's a choice that you have to do. Huh? It's a choice you have to do. And so we learned we need to get rid of unnecessary baggage. Then we, we also learned that we have to be careful, beware of growing weary. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You see, often God's promises comes with a premise. In other words, salvation is free. Okay, you get it. Boom. You don't have to do anything. You just confess. You receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You accept what is done for you on the cross, and you are born again. But your quality of life, your, your growth, your sanctification on this planet, on this planet, it depends on how much you obey his voice. His promises comes with premises. You do this, and you receive that. You, you see, uh, the kingdom of God works on the law of the farm. What is the law of the farm? You reap what you sow. All right? And, and so if, if you plant seeds which are according to God's word, you're going to receive what he has promised you. If you ignore that, then you're going to receive the opposite of what he has promised you. And so we need to understand that we have to beware of growing weary. You know, and so many times people, they, they, they are doing well. They, they are going it and, and then they get some opposition and then they get some rejection and then they get some disappointments and, and they start getting tired. Man, I'm, I'm really trying to 
to, to live this life and I'm really trying not to lose my temper and I'm really trying not to flip this guy and, and I'm really trying to give up on this habit or that habit, but man, it's hard, man. Uh, and, and then one day you just give up. You are so close to breaking through. You are so close to being totally free. And then you gave up. And you went right back to the beginning and you've got to start all over again. And I've seen this in so many people's lives in so many different ways. So many people so close to achieving a breakthrough, be it financial, health, relationships, whatever. And then one day they just get tired, they lose it, and go right back again to where they were two years before, three years before, have to start all over again. Guys, let us beware of growing weary. Jesus warned us that we would have tribulation in this life, but he said, we must be of good cheer. And he can give us the strength as we fellowship with him and as we learn from him. That's why it's important to live our lives in fellowship with God. Not just on Sunday mornings. This is very important. Be together here. Hear the word. Worship together. It is God's desire. Uh, you know, this, this meeting is not my, my idea. It's God's idea. Christians all over the world, they get together. On a given day, mostly on Sundays, in some countries they can't get together on Sundays, they get together on a Saturday or on a Friday, whatever, but believers across the world have a set time where they get together and they worship God and they get in the Word together, they hear a teaching, they fellowship. It is biblical. Jesus said you must do that. He says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together, as is the custom of some. This whole thing of, you know, missing fellowship and missing church and not rocking up is nothing new. In the first century, the guys were doing it. At least they had reason because of being persecuted, you know. They had to feel for their lives. We're in a free country, guys. We've got no excuse to miss church. But anyway, it is a godly thing. It's one of the things that we can do to align our lives with the will of God. But not only on Sundays or when we get together, but in our day-to-day -day lives. To pray, to read the Word of God, to talk to God while you are working, while you are driving, while you are doing whatever. Be in contact with God. Amen. When I was in secular employment, I found out I could be building things and praying at the same time. Because sometimes when you're working, you don't have to do a lot of thinking. You do some thinking when you design things and so on. But then when you're building things, your mind kind of wanders. And I found out I can do a lot of praying while I'm building stuff. I can hear from the Lord. I can receive direction. I can pray for people I know while I'm building things and cleaning things and sweeping things. And, you know, let's learn to live in relationship with God. Instead of allowing your mind to wander and think of rubbish, let's spend in fellowship with God. And that helps us align our lives. And, it, and, and God will speak to you. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. In your family life, in your, your work life, like I told you guys before, I never really thought that God understood about microelectronics, but when I was in that field, I received answers from God by simply praying. And then sometimes I'd be in front of the board over there trying to figure out the circuit and how did this God help me? To, how do I do this? How does, and a thought would pop into my mind. Thank you, Jesus. That's the answer. God knows. Whatever work you do, it's not too specialized for God. Okay? So talk to him about it. Get his direction. Get his input. He can evenly do some amazing breakthrough as it's happened in the past. It's not the first time. So just trust God in every loving fellowship with him. Do not grow weary. And then, of course, aim to finish well. Remember that? We spoke about aiming to finish well. And, you know, it says that Jesus, he finished his race and he sat down. 
You sit down when you're finished. Okay? When guys are running their comrades, they don't have half hour stops. They're going to sit down for half an hour. Yeah. Uh, uh. I know some guys slow down a little bit, but you must supposed to be moving. When you're done, then you sit down. And you sit down for a long time because you're too sore to get up after that. But anyway, but the fact is, you run your race and then you sit down. You sit down when you're finished. Jesus finished well and then he sat down. I, I shared with you the story of evangelist Billy Graham, remember? Uh, some of us older people remember Billy Graham as a well-known name. Um, evangelist known around the world, respected by presidents and by people in the street alike. You know, he, he lived a, a life um, of good character, good um, name, and he, he finished his career well. He ended well, almost 100 years old when he, when he died, beginning of last year. And, and, and so the man finished well. And I shared with you that in the year when Billy Graham began his ministry, then in the 1940s, when he began his ministry, two friends of his were also beginning his, their ministries. Also evangelists, also drawing big crowds. In fact, they were drawing bigger crowds than Billy ever was in those days. They were more famous than Billy was. They were more talented than Billy was. They were better speakers. They were more liked than Billy was. But you've never heard of those guys. Why? Because within 10 years, those two guys, those two guys were out of the race. One of them was dead. Because of drinking too much. Huh? Be careful. And those guys, they, what happened to those guys? They allowed extra baggage to get onto them. And they lost their course. The two guys were Chuck Templeton and Bron Clifford. Never of those guys until I happened to come across them while reading about Billy Graham. And so those names are unknown. Well, Billy Graham is known. He finished well. Those two guys didn't finish well because they lost sight of... You see... It's not how you start that matters. It's how you finish. You know, when, when, when the comrade starts, everybody, everybody is enthusiastic. They're all fresh. Everybody goes running. Watch halfway through. And some guys are dropping off the race. And, and, and it is how you finish that matters. God wants us to finish well. That is why he wants us to get rid of unnecessary baggage. That's why he wants to encourage us so that we don't grow weary and give up along the way like those two friends of Billy did. I also shared with you uh, about that, uh, that author, um, Steve Farrar. And um, he wrote a book about finishing well. And when he heard about the matter of personal mission, he did not take too long to come up with a mission in life. His mission in life, I don't know if you remember this, his mission in life is, is, is a simple one. Don't screw up. Huh? How's that? Remember that? That is, don't screw up. And what does it mean? He, he doesn't want to screw up his marriage. He doesn't want to screw up his relationship with his kids. He doesn't want to screw up his integrity. That's a good mission, right? Don't screw up. That is mission. Why? Because he wants to finish well. He, he says that when he dies, he wouldn't mind having the following on his gravestone. Here lies Stephen James Ferrar. He didn't screw up. Ha <laughs> ha. I like that. I like that. And I think with a little bit of help from the Lord, we can achieve that. We could have that on our tombstone one day. He didn't screw up. We need to live with the aim of finishing well. Not just finishing this year well, but finishing our lives well. And in, in, that, in that message, we were 
challenge to aim to end this year without regrets. To strive to achieve what God has for us this year. Because God has something for us at every stage of our lives. Amen? Every stage of our lives. So today, let me ask you, how are you doing so far? Huh? Don't, don't answer me, just, just, you know, just between yourself. Maybe you want to go home and have a, like, a husband and wife conference or whatever, you know, or go and sit all by yourself and open up a little book and write down and exchange some thoughts. In fact, I encourage, encourage you to do that. It's a good time, you see, because the year is not over yet. The year is not over yet. If you feel you have fallen back, there is still time to do something about it. Even if you do not achieve all you want to achieve this year, you can still achieve something of significance in 2019. You can put your experience and the lessons you've learned so far to good use. Remember, again, it's not how you start that matters, but how you finish. Amen? So, what are you aiming at? Do you feel that you have not achieved something you wanted to achieve already? If you feel that way, you are in good company. There was a time in the Apostle Paul's life that he felt the same. Listen to what he said to the church in Philippi. We're reading from Philippians chapter 3, and uh, verses 12 to 14. This is what Paul is saying. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Paul says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. And I'm here to tell you, that was not only Jesus' plan for Paul, but Jesus' plan for you too. He has something he wants you to achieve. Amen. And to discover, he says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. Focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. Hey, wow. Now look at this. So we're talking about the apostle Paul, okay? I mean, we can understand if like, one of us, Oxia, kind of misses things a little bit. But this is the apostle, the big one. Remember the, the persecutor who became the persecuted? And he did great things for Christ. He planted churches. He, 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 you know, he brought people to Jesus. A lot of stuff. And yet, some years down the line, he writes to the church in Philippi. He says, guys, you know, thank God for what I've done. I've been growing. I've been progressing, but I'm not there yet. I still have not achieved what I believe that God had called me to achieve. But I'm not letting that stop me. I'm not giving up. I'm not growing weary. <laughs> I am running with passion. Run with passion, folks. And that's my message for us today. I know it's getting down the year. I know the temperature has hit us and it's very hot and we go, oh, you know. But in spite of all this, we have to run with passion. We cannot allow circumstances, disappointments, uh, things we've done, things others have done. We cannot allow that to hold us back from what Christ has in store for us. Now, we, we, we know Paul's story. We, we know that he went on to finish his race well. In fact, years later, as an older guy, he said to Timothy, I have, I have you know, fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Okay? He finished well. 
He kept it. And because he ran with passion, he was able to achieve what Christ wanted him to achieve to the point where he could say, I've run a good race. I'm finishing well. I know there's a crown waiting for me, a crown of victory, crown of glory. And, and I wish that for me and for all of us. I wish that all of us as a, as a church, everyone listening to this recording, that all of us would have that kind of attitude. I'm going to run with passion until it's time to go. When it's time to go, I'm going to look back and say, yeah, I finished the race. <laughs> Hallelujah. I finished well. But now, listen to Paul's declaration. He had couple of things he had to say and so he said the following he has not attained the fullness that he was pursuing and he continued running with passion in spite of his shortcoming all right so he had not attained the fullness he was pursuing this is Paul's declaration he did not feel that he had become all that Jesus wanted him to become question to you sir to you madam to you, young and older, have you become everything that God wanted you to become in 2019? Don't answer me. Answer it yourself quietly. How far are you? 20%, 50%, 80%? I mean, I myself have about 99.5%, you know. So. <laughs> I, I, I know. I, I, I could have been a bit more further. But I now I still have to adjust something. So uh, Paul, he had the honesty, the humility, and the courage to say, guys, I'm your apostle, but I'm not all there yet. And what about you? November, October, 20 October, 2019. You know, on a one to 10, have you become everything God wants you to become this year, or is there still some shortcoming? Paul face that he verbalized it what is it that you could have done better so you need to identify don't just say it out of a sense of maybe guilt or just of a sense of oh i'm going to be humble you know no specify what is it that you could have done or you could not have done you see paul did not allow feelings of self-pity to stop him from running the race he didn't allow feelings of discouragement or or anger or disappointment to stop him from running the race. Remember, Paul, the, the, the persecutor, became the persecuted. He had a lot of problems. Because not only has he been persecuted, but even Christians were letting him down. Guys that walked with him, then they turned back their backs on him. Guys betrayed him. Guys let him down. Uh, you know, he goes into a village to bring the good news, and the guys stone him and leave him for dead. Uh, you know, he had plenty of excuses. He says, you know what? Enough is enough. Jesus, I've plundered two churches. That's it. I'm going home now. I'm going to go fishing for the rest of my life. <laughs> but he didn't do that. He said, you know what? I'm not done yet. I have not become what Christ wanted me to become. I have not done all he wanted me to do. So I am going to pursue. He had the courage, the humility, and the frankness to name it. And I encourage you today, this week, take some time. Evaluate your life. How far are you? Where would you like to be? Where should you have been by now? Name it. Say it. Quietly write it down in a journal somewhere for your eyes only. Go before the Lord. Have a conversation with God about it. Be humble and be honest and be transparent and talk to God about it. 
But he continued running with passion in spite of his shortcoming. The, the biggest mistake we can make is say, oh, you know what? This October, it's too late anyway. Ah, I'll try again next year or maybe after. Ah, I'm just going to give up now. That's the mistake we make. When we can't get, get it all, we give up on everything. Acknowledge whatever little bit you've achieved. Thank God for that. Name what you should have done, what you've done wrong. Go before the Lord. He says, God, I still have two months this year. I can still do something about my life this year. With your help, I can still do something of significance. I can get closer to you. I can help somebody. I can become better at this. I can achieve that. And if you get focused and you run with passion like Paul did, you can still do a lot in the two months left this year. You can still do a lot in your life going forward. Because remember, our life doesn't, doesn't end in December. It just continues, okay? We put these little blocks and these little goals, you know, to help us with time and planning. But remember, your life is a continuum. And so aim, not just this year, but going forward to run with passion. That is Paul's declaration. So Paul is saying that I'm not there yet, but I will continue running with passion towards the goal. Listen very carefully. Those of you who are here, those of you listening to this recording right now, there are people here today. There are people listening to this recording that it has been said of you, this guy, this girl will never amount to anything. He or she is a failure. Listen carefully. In months and years to come, it will be said of you, that you have done well. You will become a sign and a wonder. Because as you apply the word to your life, you will see change. You will become what God has purposed you to become. And you will do what God has purposed you to do. You will see changes in your circumstances, in your finances, in your health, all because of the goodness of God in your life. Then, there are some of you listening to this message. And as you're listening to this message, remember what was said of you 15 or more years ago. They had no hope that you'd be any, you would be anything. Yet, you have achieved much in your life. To the glory of God. To you I say, be thankful. And don't stop dreaming. Don't stop setting new goals. Don't stop looking for new challenges and pursuing them in the power of the Lord. Because God is with you. Continue in your journey. And then, there are some of you listening to this message that you're still in search mode. You're not quite sure your life is going. To you, the Lord would say, just do what is at hand to do. What is before you to do and do it well. Preparation time is often uncertain and tedious, but do not give up. Do your best for the Lord and continue to learn and to grow. For one day, you will look back and understand the purpose of the season. Amen. Amen. In case you didn't get it, that was a word of the Lord for some people 
listen to this message here and in recording. Okay, so how will it happen? How am I going to snatch out of this? How am I going to continue? How am I going to run with passion? Well, you need to do what Paul did. Okay, to run with passion, do as Paul did. What did he do? He did two things. Forget about the past. Let's see the next slide. Forget about the past and fasten your heart to the future. Forget about the past. Leave the past behind. Now, listen. <laughs> we say forget about the past. The Bible says, when the Bible says forget about the past, understand this. You cannot forget the past. Okay? Uh, unless you, you get into a certain age and begin to forget things, you don't usually forget the past. You remember the past. You remember the things that happened to you. So when the Bible says forget the past, what, what, what does it mean? It is a, it's a figure of speech, which means don't be bound to the past. Don't let your past dictate your present and determine your future. So what must you do? Look at the past, acknowledge your mistakes, acknowledge your successes. Because when you look at the past, those are the two things you find. I did some things well, and I made a mess of some things. Acknowledge both. Learn from both. If necessary, confess, repent, make restitution as needed. Learn from the mistakes and successes. And then move on. Acknowledge that. And then fasten your heart to the future. Run with passion and faith. Looking to Jesus as your source and your guide. Listen, your best days are ahead of you in every way. Amen. Your best days are ahead of you. And you need to embrace that. And you must have a chance to say amen over there. <laughs> Let me try again. Your best days are ahead of you. You say, hey, my pastor, I is now 99 years old. How can the best be ahead of me? The best is ahead of you, yeah. Because your life doesn't stop here. You know that, right? We are going to live forever. And we can have a great time on this planet. But your best days on this planet, you're still going to be surrounded by pain, by disappointment, by conflict. Huh? And you have to navigate through that and, and glorify God in the middle of that. But then one day is coming when you're going to see Jesus face to face. And then there's going to be no more pain, no more disappointment. Your best days are still to come. And you're going to do great things for God because in heaven, you don't float around in clouds playing the harp. There are eons to come. We're going to continue working and doing things for the Lord in eternity. This is just a preparation ground. Except there, there's no sickness, no disease, no bad characters, you know, no ESCOM cutting out your power. Because God is the light. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And, uh, and you're going to have a great time. But even in this life, in the middle of, of tribulation, I mean, Paul didn't have it easy, did he? I mean, often m most of these letters you read of, he's here from prison. <laughs> you know, he's in prison, he's writing letters, encouraging the Christians all over the place. Uh, so it, it is a matter of how's it going inside. It's a matter of, of, of leaving the past behind and then fastening your, your heart on the future. The best is ahead of us. And when we are done here, we want to get into heaven and hear Jesus says, just say, hey, well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. Have a seat. You, you, you finished well. Let's talk a bit and we'll talk about the next chapters in your life, right? But let's, let's talk a little bit about it now. 
Notice that Paul runs towards a divine invitation. Your life is not a matter of chance. There is purpose in your life. Your gifts and your desires, when surrendered to God, becomes his invitation to a higher purpose. You're not just a son or a daughter, a husband or a wife, a father or a mother. No. You have a divine calling as each one of these, in each one of these seasons of your life. In every season of life, you have a renewed calling. And as you go from season to season, you cannot look back. Paul didn't look back. All right? Learn from the past. Move forward. You cannot look back. You must move on. Once you leave primary school, okay, remember those days? Some of you are there now. Once you leave primary school and go to high school, you cannot look back at primary school and want to be and behave like that. Now, I know that some of the high school kids, they try to behave like primary school kids. And they quickly find out why you shouldn't do that. Huh? When you go from son or daughter to husband and wife, there is a change. You cannot look back and, and, and try to live as a husband and wife like you did as a teenager. Hello? Things change. When you become a father and a mother, you cannot live like a teenager. <laughs> okay? Seasons of life require change. It is true that in this world, we have children who suffer because their parents behave like teenagers. Still, you know, partying and doing irresponsible things as when they were kids. And, expecting, and exposing their children to physical and emotional danger. But Paul said, when I was a child, I behaved as a child. But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. Guys, listen, young and older, maturity is not a matter of age. You don't have to be 68 and a half to be mature. You can be a teenager, and you can be more mature than an adult. I have met teenagers that are more mature than adults. I've met middle life people that behave worse than teenagers. Maturity is a matter of the choices that you make. It's not a matter of age. Huh? It's a matter of accepting your responsibilities. It's a matter of character. Maturity is a matter of character, not of age. And so Paul is assuming that his listeners were mature like him. And would also pursue godly goals. Listen, running with passion is for the mature. Listen to what he says in verse 15 of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3, 15. So, let all who are fully mature have this same passion. This passion to run, you know. And if anyone is not gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. So Paul is running to the church in Philippi, and he's assuming that they or most of them are mature enough to understand what he's saying and to also run with passion, to aim for God's calling, to leave the things from childhood behind and, and to grow in the Lord. So he says, this is for, your, for those who are mature. All who are mature, fully mature, must have the same Passion, running with passion, is for the mature. Now, I believe I'm preaching to the mature here today as well. Everyone listening to this recording is mature as well, and that you guys are mature. At least you're sitting very nicely, listening very carefully, so I hope you, know, you look very mature to me. And I believe I'm praying to the mature, and, and some of you may be younger in age, but you're mature enough to understand this message and respond. But if anyone is not yet mature, not yet gripped by this passion, 
to finish well, then as Paul says, I, I pray that God will reveal it to you. And so you may make it your goal as well in life to run with passion and to finish well. Guys, the year is not over yet. Are you on track with what you believe God wanted for you this year? I'm not talking about your diet plan or having your car painted, okay? <laughs> Those things are nice. But I'm talking about growing in your faith, growing in maturity, becoming more like Jesus. Becoming more like you know he desires you to be. You see, it is that internal spiritual growth that will affect what happens around you. At school, at work, at university, in your family, in our church, in the community, wherever you are. It's what is inside of you, that maturity, that character, that passion that's going to influence what happens around you. And it's not too late to refocus, to rekindle your passion, to pick up the pace, to run with passion for the rest of this year, and in fact, for the rest of our lives, until we see Jesus face to face, and he looks at us and he says, well done, you finished well. Sit down with me. Amen. May the Lord help us. And I invite you guys to really take some time today, sometime this week. Go somewhere quietly by yourself. Do an evaluation. How are you doing? This is between you and the Lord. I hope this message just stirs some things up in your thought and in your heart. Let the word of God touch you and learn from Paul. A guy who ran with passion who did not allow the circumstance of life to snuff out his passion for Jesus, for God, for his kingdom. May we learn from that as well. It's not too late. It is really not too late to go before the Lord. And if there are areas in your life which are kind of dying down, rekindle them. Go before God and make some new plans. And even if you can't do everything you want to have done this year, get some things done anyway. And let God inspire you to continue running with passion. Amen? Let's stand up and let's close in prayer. Father, as we come to you in prayer now, with everyone listening to this recording, with everyone standing in front of me here today, Lord, I believe, Lord, I'm, I'm speaking to people that are mature. That everyone listening to this message, Lord, is mature enough to embrace, embrace the truth of your word. And to take stock of our lives and of their lives. To say, yes, I've done some things and I could have done other things. Lord, help us today to take stock to rekindle our passion for you, Lord, and to determine to finish well. Not that just this year, but our lives, Lord. Help us to pick up the pace. Help us to make adjustments in our lifestyles 
so that we'll do things which honor your name, which bring us closer to you, which help us to serve those around us that you've entrusted to us, that we become more like you, Lord Jesus, and more like you to those around us, that we become an extension of your hands and your feet, your embrace, your love, that you can show others the way of Jesus, the way of the Lord, the way of salvation, the way of peace. That will show there is a difference between the kingdom of God and the systems of this world and the things of this world, my God, and that it is better to be with Jesus, to have the peace of God, the joy of the Lord, the fellowship with God, and so I thank you, Father, for blessing everyone. I pray right now for all those preparing or starting to write exams in, in the schools, the matrics, the universities, the institutions. I pray your peace, Father. I pray for everyone facing end-of-the-year challenges, projects that, that must be finished, deadlines that must be met. Businesses that need to be built and clients serviced. Those who need new business, new clients. Those who are still needing, Lord, work or a promotion. Father, you know every need. You know still every challenge that is facing your people before the end of December, my God. But we raise our voices to you, Lord God, knowing that you are almighty God. Hallelujah. And as we align our lives with you, as we submit ourselves to you, Lord God, we pray for breakthroughs and for releases, for miracles still to happen this year, my God. That come the end of the year, we can look back on 2019 and say, yes, it was a challenging year. It was a difficult year. But praise God, I am finishing well with Jesus. And so I pray your peace, your strength, your comfort, your guidance, Lord. As we go forward into a new day, a new week. So now, may the love of God the Father, the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit remain very active in our lives as we run with passion. The race set before us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. A blessed week. Amen.